Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC podcast. Thank you for joining us. The podcast features every previous Sunday's sermon and plenty of other cool content like interviews and mini-series. Please remember to share our content and subscribe to our channel so you can stay up to date with everything that we create. You can find out more about what's happening at the church by visiting our website at mlepc.org or checking us out on our social media. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the Emily PC podcast, and we hope to see you at an event soon. Last, when I was at General Assembly, a friend of mine told me a story of a woman who's a pastor who has a special ministry among women who are in trafficking situations. And, and she had an intern for one summer, and she and the intern would go to this gentleman's club every night and see if they could speak to the girls. And they would talk to, to the person at the door, and the door would be slammed in their face every single night. And they went back every single day for eight straight weeks. Finally, on the last day of this intern's time, the, the pastor prayed, Lord, if there's any way, you know, let her see something amazing. And so they knock on the door, and... The person opens the door and goes, oh, good, you're here. We need you right now. And they ran to this room, and this girl was writhing on the floor, crying out for Jesus. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. And God did a marvelous, incredible work in that woman's life that night. As the person was sharing this story, she said, okay, so which part of that story do you like the most? Is it the miracle at the end, or is it the eight weeks of faithfulness, obeying God, saying, when God kept saying, go back, go back, go back. Eight straight weeks with absolutely nothing, and yet God had a miracle waiting at the end. We love the miracle. It is hard to do eight straight weeks or however long, but that woman and her intern demonstrated faithfulness. They were faithful to the call that God had on their lives. And God knew what the plan was. He knew that they had to demonstrate their faithfulness before they could be trusted by the people on the other side of the door. Sometimes God calls us to faithfulness, and it feels like failure. It feels like ineffectiveness. It feels like nothing. But God still wants us to be faithful because he has a plan and because he is faithful first, and we can trust him first. As we have looked at each of the different fruit of the Spirit, we know that we learn what those mean by looking at God. So today, again, we'll look at God as, as the faithful one, as the ultimate faithful one who is faithful to us to the very end. And then as we consider who he is and how Jesus Christ lived out his faithfulness, we'll think about what it means for us to be faithful, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, even in the midst of, uh, of not seeing where this is going, but knowing that the one who calls us is faithful, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, the one who calls us is faithful, and he will do it. What is faith exactly or, and faithfulness? The, the, the Greek and the Hebrew actually use the same word for both of those things. Somebody was describing it as two sides of the same coin. There's faith, having faith, belief, trust that, that something will happen. And then faithfulness, which is, which is being true to that trust. So it's like you're depending on something and you're also being dependable at the same time. They're related to each other. 
Hebrews says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith takes a lot of trust. Faith isn't just believing that that, 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 that pew you're sitting on will, will support you. Faith is sitting down on it and, and knowing that it, it, it will support you. Faith is putting your hope in God and, and acting like he is always going to be with you because God is faithful. When you think about God's faithfulness, it, it some, sometimes it's hard to see in this psalm that we just read, Psalm 57, he is surrounded. He's describing his enemies like lions, uh, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. This is a lament psalm, crying out to the Lord, where are you? Help, be with me, I need you right now. And he, he calls his own soul to awake, to, to wake up and see what God is doing and what, where God is. And then he, he sits back at the end and looks around him and realizes, great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. There are many times throughout the Old Testament where the people of God have strayed away. They have, they have forsaken their first love. They have worshipped idols. They've made all kinds of messes. And yet God is the one who made a covenant with them and said, I will not leave you or forsake you. And we see that covenant play out over and over again as the people cry out to the Lord and God rescues them over and over if we had been in God's position, how much patience would you have had with these people? I, I, I probably, after the second or third time, would have said, okay, you're done, next. You know, we we, we want to move on. We want to see people who are, are worth investing in and worth caring about. And if they mess up and mess up and mess up, you're like, we're done. We're over this. But God continued to be faithful. One interesting book of the Bible that I'm sure is, is, is not one that you read very often, but has something powerful in it. We just sing the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Do you know what's, what book of the Bible that comes from? It is smack dab in the middle of the book of Lamentations. Lamentations is not one that you tend to go to to pick you up in the morning. It's not one that has lots and lots of happy platitudes. But yet smack dab in the middle, literally the middle verse of the middle chapter of this book in the middle of the prophets. It stops and it says, <coughs> excuse me, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. His compassions are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. My dad loved that verse, and he would, he, he would remember the, if you've ever seen a field that has flax in it, flax has these little blue flowers, and, and they fall off. They bloom in the morning, and they fall off in the evening, and the next day, they're still covered with blue flowers because the flowers are new every morning. And my dad would, there was a, a field of flax not far from where we, I grew up, and, and he would point to that and say, God's love is like that. It is new every morning. And unlike flax, God's, God, God's love never runs out of flowers. It's new every single morning. Great is his faithfulness. No matter how much we have messed up the night or day before, God is faithful in the midst of it all. 
Hebrews 11, 11. We'll be, we'll be studying Hebrews in the, um, in the fall, and I'm looking forward to digging into that, that scripture. One of the most famous chapters is chapter 11, which is considered, the, it's called the Hall of Faith. It looks at all of these people who had great faith over, especially across the course of the Old Testament. And one of those leaped out at me this week as I was praying about this. By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because he, she considered him who made the she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. She considered him faithful, who made the promise. When God promises something, do you consider him faithful, or do you look at him and go, uh, I don't think he's going to come through this time. That is too good to be true. Do we consider God to be faithful? Often we, we get distracted by other things and we, we want things on our own time. I did not want to get stuck in my house <laughs> until 18 minutes before church started today. But God's timing is perfect and his faithfulness is perfect. Sarah, who is beyond childbearing here, she even laughed at the original prophecy and then named her son laughter, Isaac. He, he knew, she knew that God was going to do it. If God promised, God does not go back on his promises. He is real and faithful and true. And we see that through the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus was faithful to his call. The, the scripture in Revelation says, the lamb who was slain before the beginning of the, before the creation of the earth. Jesus Christ knew that his call was to die. And he was faithful to that call. It was a brutal death. It was an excruciating moment. But God was faithful through Jesus Christ because he promised to rescue us. He promised to redeem us. He promised to never leave us or forsake us. And the only way to do that was for Christ to lay down his life to, to rescue us as, as sinners that he rescued to call the dearly beloved children of God. Hebrews describes Jesus as this, Christ is faithful as the son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence in the hope which we glory. Christ is faithful as the son of God's house, and we are his house. Isn't that an amazing image? We are the temple of God being built up, prepared for him, for a place for him to dwell, and Jesus Christ is the one who is faithful to the house. Jesus Christ is the one who is with us and working in us and through us and always upholding us and sending us out. Jesus is also called that again in Revelation 19, verse 11. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. His rider is called Faithful and True. That is the name of Jesus. He is Faithful and True. And that we know that even at the very, very end, when it seems like everything is going to be falling apart, yet Jesus Christ is faithful and true and will be with us forever. Stephen Curtis Chapman is a, a fairly famous Christian songwriter, and he's been writing since I was in high school. A song, one of his first albums came out uh, literally the year that I graduated from high school. And he was asked recently, what is your favorite song that you've ever done? And he pointed back to the one on that first album, my redeemer is faithful and true. <clears throat> Here is what it says, as I look back on the road I've traveled, 
I've seen so many times he carried me through. And if, one, if there's one thing I've learned in my life, my Redeemer is faithful and true. <coughs> Pat, could you bring me my coffee? I'm sorry. Got a tickle. Thank you. I made it out of my house with two things, my coffee and my sermon. So, you know. <laughs> Priorities and all. As we trust in God's faithfulness, his faithfulness makes it possible for us to be faithful in response. He, he creates freedom to be faithful. It's interesting to look at this passage in Matthew 25. It's, it's a strange passage, a strange parable. But when you think about it, the two guys that were given the, the, the five, five bags of gold and two bags of gold, again, one bag of gold, in this case, it's 6,000 denarii. A denarii is one day's wage, which means that was worth 16 years of salary so for each bag. <coughs> so the guy that has five bags is like 80 years of labor. But those two guys believed that the master was faithful. They believed that, that the master was going to come back. And they knew, here's the interesting thing, they knew it was worth taking a risk because the master was faithful. They happened to be really, really good investors. It was unusual in that time to get a 100% return on your investment. Probably even more unusual this, this year with the crazy stock market. But God... The, they, they knew that this master, who is, is God in this case, was faithful. So that they were willing to take a risk on, on what to do with the money that, that the master had entrusted to them. They knew that the master was going to come back, and they knew he was a good master. So they were, that risk, was, there was actually freedom in that. The master was faithful to them, had been faithful to them all along. And they knew the master would be faithful when he came back. So they were willing to, to put their lives on the line for the sake of the master. The third guy, he has one bag of gold. Again, each, the, the quantity of gold was given to these guys um, based on their ability. So, so the, the one bag of gold guy, he had some ability. The master still entrusted him 16 years of salary. But this guy didn't believe the master was good. So what he did was take what he was given, dug a hole in the ground, and put it in the dirt. He didn't believe the master was good. He didn't believe the master was faithful. He didn't feel any obligation or responsibility to the master. He just wanted that problem behind him. He, he dug it in a hole. How often do we do that? Like, this is too much of a problem for me to handle. I'm throwing that away. I don't even want to think about it anymore. So the guy didn't have to think about it. He had it easy for however long the master was gone. And yet, when the master came back and, and asked for the accounting, he saw the two people that trusted the master had been faithful with what they had been entrusted to, the, the, the gold that they had been given. And they, they reaped a great reward for the master. And they found pleasure in the master's approval and, and honor there. But the one who didn't believe that the master was faithful, he says awful things to say. 
and knew you were a hard man, harvesting what you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. How often do we see in our minds, sometimes we, we believe that God is hard and mean. We talked last week about God being good. The enemy loves to convince us that God is not good. He is a hard master. He is, he is gonna, he's condemning, he's, he's, he's going to just decide that like we've, we've been forgiven one too many times and we're done. But God is good and is faithful. That's what the enemy wants us to not believe anymore. He wants us to believe that God is hard and, and ruthless and, and not forgiving. It's, it's sort of tragic that that's what the this, this servant sees of the master. And so he didn't care. He didn't love the master. He didn't understand that the master was trying to take care of him and trust him and had good plans for him. So instead, he set his stuff aside. He, he dug a hole and he, he, he hid it away. God has entrusted so much to each one of us. He has given us spiritual gifts. He has given us a, a community. He has given us a, a calling, a passion for things. And so often, it is easier to say, nope, I'm not interested. Like, I, I don't know what to do with this. This causes so much conflict. I am not a person that loves conflict, trust me. But sometimes God wants us to take risks. He wants us to engage in conflict. He wants us to move forward to find reconciliation and hope. Because it's in doing that that we realize how faithful God is. I was talking to Ashley Gardner last week about God's goodness. And she said, you know, if I hadn't gone through this really, really, really horrible experience that she had, I would never know how good God was. Like, you don't know the depths of God's goodness. You don't know the depths of his faithfulness until you've been through some excruciatingly hard times. That's why Lamentations has this thing in the middle, in the midst of all of this weeping over, over Israel being in exile. Yet, Jeremiah calls out to God's faithfulness. And it is his faithfulness to us that enables us to be faithful back to him and faithful to those around us. The world doesn't want us to be faithful. The world's message is, you know, cut your losses. If that person is too much baggage, then, then let them go. Don't talk to them again. You, you have to be, you know, extremely successful to be to, to be loved or, or to be re, re, received, otherwise you're going to be rejected. If you, if you don't measure up, you're not going to be good enough. And so it's faithless. If you, you have watched the celebrity news, if a celebrity makes a mistake, they're completely blacklisted and sent away. There's no grace. <clears throat> but God is saying he is faithful even to the ones that fall and are messed up. And he's calling us to be faithful too, to, to his calling on our lives. He's, he's empowering us to be faithful, to take risks for the people who are hard to love. To take risks with gifts that God's given us that we don't have confidence in. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. But God's saying, I gave that to you for a reason. Use it, try, fail. I, I've tried to help my staff understand that it's okay to fail because that means you're trying new things. What I don't want is people who aren't failing ever, which means they're, they're not even trying. They're just treading water. 
God wants us to be faithful to his calling. <clears throat> but when, when we think about what it looks like to be with somebody who is faithful, a faithful person who is, yes, there's a very important element to be faithful to God, but there's also an element of faithfulness to other people. Are you a person of your word? Can people trust that when you say that you will do something, you actually do it? I, I've told you before, I lived in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma when I was in high school, and there was a really weird thing that the Christians were doing there. There was a, a big sort of faith community that, that would believe that something would happen, but they, they ended up being known for their unfaithfulness because a business owner would say, yes, absolutely, and trust that God's going to put the check in the mail, but they were known for bouncing checks. That is not faithfulness. That was some weird kind of, uh, of transactional faith with God, like God will, if I do this, God will do that. But yet they were not faithful people. They were not exhibiting the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. And it was damaging to the witness uh, of Christianity in the community. People knew if they saw a fish on the truck, that, that organization is not going to be faithful. Isn't that horrible and heartbreaking? We Christians have to be very careful to be, to be faithful people, to, especially to those who are outside the kingdom. If they see that Christians aren't exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, all of the fruit of the Spirit, but faithfulness is a really ob obvious one, they won't believe that the God that we trust in is faithful himself. <clears throat> we have to be very careful to examine ourselves. Am I being faithful? Am I being faithful as a friend? Am I being faithful as an employee or an employer? Am I being faithful to my friends in high school or am I stabbing them in the back when, I, when, I, you know, when I'm going to protect myself, I'll throw them under the bus? Are we being faithful or are we being self-protective and, and faithful only to, to, to me, me, me rather than to those that God has placed in our lives? We have to remember with every single spiritual gift that this is not about our own ability to do this ourselves with our own strength and determination. This is a gift of the Spirit. It is by dwelling in the Lord and in His faithfulness and His power and His love and His grace and His mercy. It's dwelling with the Lord that faithfulness grows out of us. It is the natural fruit of being grounded in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who works in us and through us through the Holy Spirit to bring joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He is the one at work within us. There are ways that we can cultivate faithfulness. One of the, with every single one of these spiritual gifts, we've talked about the importance of staying in the word and of praying. Faithfulness is one that also is helped by having accountability, by having people in your lives that can call you on your junk, that can say, you know, what you just did was not great, or can say, wow, I saw you do that, and that was so faithful. I know what that cost you. I know that was a big risk, and I saw you, and that was amazing. We need each other. We need prayer partners. We need people that we can wrestle with. 
Sometimes God puts us in families or in, in relationships that are tough. Somebody described the church as holy sandpaper. <laughs> it's like the iron sharpens iron thing. The, the holy sandpaper of church community, of small groups, uh, of families, helps wear away those spiky bits in our lives, the splinters that smooth us down. We need that. As much as we'd much rather not have to be sanded all the time, God has placed that into our lives. So seek accountability. Seek friends who are faithful. Seek your, whether it's your spouse or a, a, a colleague or a, a stu fellow student. Seek accountability through a small group, a way that you can say, hey, I really want to grow in this area. Would you pray with me about that? Help me see what I'm not seeing. Do I have blind spots? What is going, you know, how can I be a more faithful person? We do that, number one, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We do that because God is faithful to us, because our God is a faithful God who will be with us forever. And again, as 1 Thessalonians 5 says, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Hi, this is Pastor Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can check out our website at mlepc.org and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. Have a blessed day.